What it is, what it do, gamers. This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71, and we are here with Season 1, Episode 13 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. And along in the digital studio with me today is Trader Joe, the Food Max of Gaming. What's going on, my friend? What's going on? Uh, everything is a-okay over here, man. So, All right, all right. We know we've also got the Bay Area Terror, Dez. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Happy to be here with you all talking about games. Uh, so if you don't know, I'm in San Francisco right now, and a little festival called Outside Lands is going on, and it's like in Golden Gate Park. So parking is a mess in my area of town. So, uh, aye, aye, aye. Yeah, if you're listening and you went to um, Outside Lands, I hope you had fun. So other than that, <laughs> yeah. Did you attend? I did not. Okay. No, 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 not for me. That's that's like what uh, major musical acts of various qualities and varieties, right? Yeah, it's like a three-day festival in the park. So driving around that area, parking in that area is crazy. So, whew. Uh, and also, what makes this all a very special episode is we have our third special guest host, one of our listeners. We have. Jason, if you played Destiny with him, you probably know him better as Surgeon Fire. How's it going, Jason? How you been? Going well here. Been pretty good. Just hanging out, enjoying fatherhood. So. Awesome, awesome. You are a new father. This is baby number one? Yes, that is correct. All right. Well, I guess if you're a new father, yeah, that would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be. I've been having technical difficulties all evening, folks, so you'll have to... <laughs> You'll have to bear with me. So um, Jason is our uh, interview. He's going to be our main event for this episode. And uh, Jason, you want to talk a little bit about your gaming history? Uh, so why don't we just we start from the genesis of it? When did you start gaming? Uh, what was it? Was there a particular event, game, gaming system that kind of brought you into this hobby? How did it all get started? Um, I think for me, starting out probably was when I was younger. Uh, I think the first console I ever played was the Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, um, all of those. Used to really enjoy playing that and Xevious and stuff like that. Um, and then after that, I've just kind of moved up throughout the years to different consoles, um, had like Sega Genesis, GameCube, Nin or Nintendo 64, then GameCube. Then like we got a PlayStation, later on PS2, PS3, um, now or Xbox 360. Now I've got we've got Xbox One and PS4. So pretty cool, but yeah. Um, I think one of the games that mainly got me playing a lot more was probably Halo 2 on the Xbox 3 or Xbox original um, playing LAN parties and stuff. That was really fun. So you have pretty much have a history of uh, like playing a lot of different, you know, varying games. But is there a genre that you really, really like or, 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 or you feel that you're drawn to more than anything like platformers? first-person shooters, fighting games, or any one that just kind of captured your imagination more than all the others? Um, I think pretty much I kind of go back and forth between a lot of different ones, but I think a lot of the time I 
go more towards RPGs and uh, multiplayer games because uh, I like playing with friends. So. Okay. Um, and sorry about that, folks. For whatever reason, the audio just dropped out and I couldn't hear anything that was going on for the past uh, several seconds. So, um, well, let me ask you this, Jason. I know that for me, gaming has been the cornerstone for a lot of my real world social interactions. Uh, just about all of the friends that I've made over the years that I'm still in contact with uh, are around the gaming, uh, the hobby of gaming. Uh, is that the same for you, or is are any notable real-world relationships where any of those formed uh, over the common interest of video games? Um, yeah, a few of my friends, definitely. Um, I think most of my friends I play with now I haven't actually met um, in real life yet, but I would definitely like to if I ever got the chance. Um, but I do have a few friends around here that... Uh, do or I do interact with um, that are also uh, close to us around this area. It's like a couple people from work and then a, a couple good friends I've had for years. Uh, but a lot of those relationships, I would say early on, uh, definitely gaming was a hobby that we shared for a lot of those friends. So really cool. That's awesome. And I during our Destiny exploits i know that you often uh play with your wife uh was that uh part of your blossom uh, part of the uh, catalyst that uh, brought you two together or was um, that actually, something you just kind of discovered after you uh began dating that you both had an interest in video games yeah i think that was kind of after uh we started uh dating and stuff but i mean when i met her i actually met her at work um and like during lunch or one of the breaks, I think was when I first met her and started sitting across the table from her because I thought she was really cool and wanted to get to know her better. Uh, and so that just went pretty quick, but definitely like that. But when we first got Destiny, when I got a PS4, it was funny because I had been talking about Destiny before it came out almost on a daily basis and my wife at one point got tired of hearing it would you please quit talking about destiny <laughs> and uh then once i got into the beta she tried it out um and she's like okay this is kind of cool i see what you mean now i kind of want to play too and so i'm like well we can get a second ps4 and then we can play together all right um sure <laughs> kind of <laughs> hesitant about it um and then afterwards she's like why did i do this but then um she's really enjoyed playing though and um we both play that and some other games together too so okay and uh what type of what are the genres that are uh well let me let me phrase it better this way what are the genres that you find you and your wife playing together the most um, definitely Destiny. Uh, she's not really into as many first-person shooters in general. Uh, but then also the Lego games. Um, we play a lot of those together. And then she's actually uh, been playing Warframe a little bit um, with me too. So 
Okay. That game has undergone a lot of changes. I know I haven't. I I played it a little bit when it was first brought on to the brought on to PS4. Haven't revisited it again, but I know it's gone on at least two major uh, changes with regards to uh, its content and its uh, playability. Um, What's your what's your imp- impression of uh, Warframe from? Because I believe you were you started playing it once it when when it first launched on console, right? Yes, as okay. soon as I got a PS4, okay, I downloaded it because we didn't have enough money at the time to buy any new games for the PS4, and there weren't as many out at that point. Mm-hmm. So I downloaded uh, Warframe and then ended up playing it. I think for almost a year straight. For the when I first got into it, mm-hmm. uh, and what's your impression of its uh, evolution from when you started playing to what it is now? Um, I definitely think they've undergone a lot of good changes. Uh, I still enjoy playing the game. Uh, I've kind of gotten sucked back in again. For a while, I was mostly playing Destiny uh, and a few other games in between. But uh, now that I'm back into Warframe, I'm playing almost daily again and really enjoying the changes and also excited about some of the changes coming like a new open world thing they're going to be adding later uh, pretty soon now are there is there are one or two changes in particular that uh, stand out uh mostly uh that stand out uh more so than the than others that you're really digging in warframe yeah, I think actually with some of the later Warframes they've added, um, they actually added really cool story modes or missions that you go through um, with cutscenes to them as well. And then they also added a system where you could get like either it's called a Kubro, which kind of looks like a dog or a Kavat that looks kind of like a cat. Um, in the game that can go around with you and help fight and also give you other bonuses as well while you're playing. Um, And then otherwise you can use a sentinel that follows you and those are pretty cool because you can put like a mod on it that will vacuum up all the loot around you in the environment. So. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. And what is your thought? What is your thought real quick? I just want to say, so I played it as well. Warframe, yep. I played a couple times. What do you think of the grind? You know, the the loot grind about it is. I mean, does it? I mean, there must be something about it that is that has kept you going. You know, with it for, you know, for for as long as it has. But what do you think it is about? You know, about that grind system that has really kind of like um, made you want to play it more. Um, definitely makes it interesting with the grind sometimes i feel like some of the things take a little bit too much grinding but you they do have a system where you can buy stuff outright if you think it's going to take too long or you just don't want to spend the time to do it but overall i kind of like the grind because it gives me something to work towards Um, and then i have a warframe wiki on my cell phone that i can look up um, how to get certain things or where to go for what missions to play to get the stuff I need. Um, so I've been pretty uh, 
heavy into it. But so games probably evolved quite a bit. I mean, we both me and Desmond, I know we played it the, during the first year when the PS4 came out. We were playing on the console side, and I know. Uh, just by the fact of the buzz that's getting on Steam and also that people are still playing it on PS4 is that, uh, you know, it might be something to even go back into. I mean, to me, after I heard that they're coming out with the uh, open world expansion uh, later this year, uh, it's, it's just to me like this game is evolving at least. You know, so that's kind of cool. So. Yeah, definitely. Nice, nice. And what other you're playing some other games in that's in a similar vein as Warframe, right? Um, kind of, yeah. Um I'm playing like Marvel Heroes. That's more of a Diablo esque uh dungeon crawler type game. Mm-hmm. Um it, but with Marvel heroes and villains instead of like uh Diablo style characters or fantasy style um uh, that one's pretty fun. I played that on PC for, I think, uh, two or three years. And then they've just brought it out on console. So I've moved over to that now as well. So uh, don't play it as much on the PC anymore. But okay. been enjoying that. So. Were you able to keep your progress when you moved when you moved from PC to console? No. Unfortunately, the console version is totally, or it's different. Um they don't even have like all the heroes and uh, everything that's in the PC version yet in the game. Uh, they said they're going to be slowly adding stuff until they get uh, enough to match what's on the PC. But right now um, they said they're starting out slow so they don't like crash the servers or anything on the PS4 and Xbox One because they want it to actually work for people. Okay. And you're also playing Neverwinter and Paragon as well, right? Yeah, Neverwinter, I had stopped playing about probably two or three months ago because I was playing other games. So I haven't really gotten back into that for a while. But I was playing that for quite a while and um, enjoying that. Uh, that's another one they update all the time with new content. Um, in fact, I believe I saw the other day they're coming out with another expansion for it um or more levels or something for free um and then paragon i have played uh quite a bit but not like a ton uh, but that one is pretty fun it's a moba mobile battle arena uh, so it's a little different than a lot of your other games other types of games but it's similar to uh, what am I? I'm well, are you talking sure. about League of Legends, or I mean, yeah, probably similar to that. I don't know for sure because I haven't really played League of Legends. Yeah, I haven't played League of that... Legends either. I know that's the uber uber uh, MOBA of choice. Of course, I have a group of friends that uh, that's all they play is League of Legends. You know, they don't play anything else because they're so obsessive <laughs> about yeah. playing League. So. Yeah, I've heard that a lot about League of Legends players, actually. But. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of curious about Paragon, too, because I know um, even though it's free to play, I haven't really jumped on. And I know that Epic is working on getting characters out every so often. I think there's a new character come out that comes out like every th- three weeks, I think, that they have like uh, just a building 
this beefy uh, free-to-play game and just for people out there to play around with. And, uh, you know, are you dabbling in it? Or I know you haven't really played it too, too much, right? Yeah, I have been dabbling in it. When I logged in the other day, they uh, changed up some of the, oh, different, or some of the things in it, like there's chests and stuff you can earn. Um, there's also a daily login bonus now where you can get stuff like cards because you kind of build a deck of cards for your different powers for your characters and stuff so you can upgrade them to make them like deal more damage or more defense or things like that. Uh, and then certain ones, you'll have passives and actives um, that you can use. I haven't tried it since they updated it, so I don't know exactly how the new system is working. But I'm going to have to try that at some point to see if it, I like it better or worse than the old way. Uh, but for now, I've just been kind of logging in to get my login bonuses each day. So. Okay. And uh, I know, like, with Warframe and I guess with any game, actually, depending on how into it you are, uh, since we're all adults and adulting, our game time is a lot limited, particularly in comparison to you know when we were kids or even when we even as single adults. Um, yeah. You're a new father now, so how has that uh, change in your family life affected your gaming, and how are you juggling the the time between family, you know, wife time and child time and work time how are you uh keeping all that in perspective what are some of the things the methods that are working for you on that end um i think for the most part i mean i'm not gaming quite as many hours as i was before but um my wife and i usually kind of work together on things like if she's home she'll uh be taking care of him a lot like during the day while i'm at work and then um, in the evenings, I try and take care of him more. And sometimes, like, I, he's asleep. Usually I play more of the time when he's actually asleep or if he's just sitting there really happy and giggly or whatever. But um, for the most part, I mean, it works works out pretty well. There are some times where I'll be gaming a little too much maybe and my wife will say, hey, can we spend some time together? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see you all day or whatever. But so uh, that I'm uh, learning to balance all that a little better now, I think. But uh, it's been kind of interesting just being all new experiences. And a lot of the time, like when I'm playing um, with my son awake, like if he's getting close to being hungry, I have to kind of watch out like what I'm playing, uh, maybe like do something I can play with one hand or something like that. Mm. Uh, but I have started watching a little bit more like YouTube videos and stuff or things like that while I'm feeding him. Um, kind of so, staying plugged into the gaming vibe while not necessarily gaming. Yeah. And yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, hear you. Uh, I can't imagine playing Destiny and then, you know, because you can't pause in Destiny. There's nothing you could do. Yeah. But exactly. just go away from your controller. It's just like, especially these games that just don't allow you to be able to pause something. 
Um, I can imagine where it might be a problem for you, but I'm pretty sure uh, one way. Uh, I know with the PS4, you could use the, um, you know, the rest function, you know, to not necessarily even have to save. You can just like turn it off and then resume where you left off, you know, just in case you have to turn it off real quick. That might be a good option for you for sure. So, yeah. But do you think, well, let me ask you this, Jason. Um, Think going back to when you first started gaming and the, where the at least your experiences with gaming is now as an adult who has responsibilities, do you think gaming has respected your time more so now? Or do you think it respected your time more so uh, years ago? And it, what, what changes uh, have brought you kind of make you think one way or the other with regards to how these games are respecting your time? Uh, well, I think for me, I don't know. I kind of enjoy gaming a little bit more now. I mean, some of the games definitely like are a huge time sink uh, for certain things like Destiny, Warframe um, can be a lot of time. Uh, one thing about Warframe that's nice is most of the missions are kind of shorter so you can or you can pick ones that are shorter um because it's on like a mission by mission basis but i think overall i probably enjoy it now more as an adult because i can kind of choose how much time i want to be on within reason uh where as a kid i was limited a lot more on my game time but other than that i mean it seems to be pretty nice, uh, but I definitely enjoyed a lot of games as a kid, too. Uh, so I don't know. I think probably now it's probably better for me. Okay. Okay. Well, all right, then. Um, anybody else have any uh, uh, closing questions for Jason while we got him here front and center? So do you feel that you know, um, playing video games, you know, with your kid is, is like kind of getting him, you know, get him ready to play games with you, you know, when, when their finger starts to start to move around and stuff. I mean, do you, do you feel like this is training or something? Um, it could be. He, he definitely seems to like watching me play video games. So, yeah. Um, he laughs a lot when I'm playing, like, even Warframe, he watches me play that. But, yeah. Like, shit, but yeah, <laughs> that, that'd be fun. I mean, I, I would rather your son watch you play games than him watching, like, you know, Finding Nemo like 200 times. Hopefully, yeah. that doesn't happen. But I know a lot of parents with kids, they wind up, you know, hating some of these uh, kid friendly movies because they're always on and yep. they're always being played. So, you know, I'm sure whatever is good for your son, I know you're going to be playing it regardless of how it affects you. But if he really enjoys you watching the play games, I mean, by all means, I think that is a win-win for everyone. So, yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, Meef J, uh, is often from everyday gamers. Shout out to them is often talking about his, uh, gaming experiences with mini Meef. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm assuming that you're, that's something you'll be looking forward to when uh, your son's old enough to actually grab the controller and 
you guys able to jump into a, um, a co-op or just you know just pass the controller back and forth in a in a single player title so i'm yeah. sure that's something that you're looking forward to do you find yourself um monitoring what you're playing and i i know obviously you know parents are not going to be playing you know wolfenstein in front of their kids but at even now he's a he's a newborn do you find yourself uh still you know playing more mature games even because he's not uh at an age where you know obviously he's comprehending what he's seeing or are you beginning to make those uh cognizant cognitive decisions now uh as a new parent how, how are you dealing uh, with mature content or well or do you play mature content game? well yeah you do. I think we, you do some, some of them. Because Destiny's yeah. T, right? It's T. Yeah, Destiny's T. Technically, Mass Effect Andromeda is, I think, mature content. But like I, with like that one, I definitely, I'm not going for like trying to get the romance cutscenes in that one. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, mostly actually play multiplayer on that, which doesn't have any real cutscenes, but. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, I mean, right now I haven't been as much, although I did sell most of my Call of Duty games the other day because I'm just not really playing them at the moment and uh, wasn't really interested in going back to them at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think especially as he gets a little older, I will have to be a little more careful with what I'm playing in front of him and stuff. And uh, I definitely have several uh, games like we've got several of the lego games some disney infinity stuff like that that would be good to play with uh, him there and stuff but um also usually i'm wearing a headset when i'm playing so he's just looking at the colors right yeah pretty much yeah like so are you so like are, are you just are, are you waiting for that day you know when he's able to best you at a video game you know and you're like that's my boy <laughs> you know, you know yeah, there's, always that, cool yeah there's always that you know that that scene you know in a coming of age movie where like the you know the, the son dunks on the dad or something you know or does something and he's like that's my boy you know yeah oh yeah definitely no i think that'll be fun so i think for us like we game a lot as a hobby and stuff so i think that's one that i'd like to share with him uh as he grows up, but yes, kind of got to be careful too on like how much time probably play and stuff. But you know, as a kid, I thought, oh, I want to play all the time, and my parents are like, no, you need to go outside and play too or whatever. But you know, so uh, and you know, I it was good for me. I've, uh, That's what my wife tells me too. I need to go out yeah. and play. <laughs> nice. Okay, and I, I got a more. I got another question for you. Uh, you said that you, as a child, your parents were restrictive on the amount of gaming content you were able to partake in. Are you going to follow a, a similar pattern as to as the way you grew up with regards to that, or are you kind of plotting your own course uh, with regards to your own child's game time, or is it going to be something you're going to take? as it goes how are you on that on 
the, the, the time your child will be able to spend gaming. Well, my wife and I have talked about that a little bit, and we definitely, I mean, I don't want to be like extremely strict most likely, but um, I think it'll be more take it as it goes depending on how he's doing, but definitely want to make sure that he does get time like outside as well. And um, also, you know, being able to hang out with friends and things um, outside of video games too. Just, uh, personally, I'm more of a introvert type. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be introverted, extroverted. So I guess that'll kind of depend, but, uh, sometimes it's, um, easier for me to play games and chat with people on the online than it is to go hang out unless it's like friends I know really well, but, um, I definitely was getting better at that over the years as I was hanging out with more people. Uh, but. I don't know. I think probably just kind of take it as it goes, mostly. Okay. Alrighty then. Um, well, with that, um, that was a great interview. Um, I really appreciate your perspective. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I'm I'm not a parent, but I can imagine that the uh, the amount of time that you have was for so many real-world responsibilities, uh, the toll that it takes on just your, your downtime. And I, I would imagine that's the same for everyone, uh, whether it, your downtime is gaming or, you know, going fishing or whatever it is. So uh, I definitely appreciate your, uh, your perspectives on that. And I'm, hope, I'm hopeful that, you know, maybe someone who's listening to the show might be able to pick up on some some tips and some ideas for better managing their time with uh, with a little one, either on the way or already there. So definitely appreciate your perspective and your outlook on that, Jason. Yeah, no problem. So with that, we're going to jump into our extra, extra segment, which is our news. So uh, Trader Joe, uh, why don't you kick us off with our news nuggets for the week? Okay, uh, first I want to start off with the game that was talked about uh, at E3. We haven't really heard too much about it because it's not coming out until next year, but the uh, interview uh, with Ubisoft um, creative director Justin Farron uh, from the Ubisoft Singapore, Singapore studio uh, is talking about the new game Skull and Bones. And so uh, what they're talking about that uh, they're stating that they don't want people to stay stuck on an idea that Skull and Bones is just like Assassin's Creed Black Flag in a different skin on it. It's an entire, entirely different game, even though it does share the pirate motif on there. So this is a statement from an interview with uh, Mr. Farron. Mr. Farron stated, when it comes to the type of experience that you have with Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed is a very specific fantasy about being an assassin, about being in the crowd, and that's not the game we wanted to make. We wanted to make something that really leveraged the power of these huge, uh, massive ships. You'll notice that we have a lot of what we call quote unquote ship porn. So, uh, where we really uh, focused on the details and in intricacies of the ship and we bring the ship to life and make it a character of its own. And that's something we wanted to do on there. So, uh, what they're working on now is they're taking 
full advantage of their newer tech and advances that they have made uh, with the Assassin's Creed franchise uh, to enhance the naval experience in Skull and Bones. So on that, um, they are working also as well with this game to have a monetization system on there. According to that, they're creating a system that will allow players to purchase microtransactions and will continue to help the game grow on there. Kind of like similar to what they did with uh, For Honor and also on Rainbow Six Siege on there. So they're not necessarily doing a um, pay-to-win per se on there, but they're going to make it to where the cosmetics and the vanity items on there help to pay for a lot of the um, support that the game is going to get uh, throughout its life on there. So um, so it's a good thing. At least it's not going to be paid to win. So uh, Skull and Bones will be releasing for PS4, Xbox One, and PC sometime in fall of 2018 on there. So um, I'm going to throw it out to the floor to you guys. I know that uh, this is one of the games that kind of caught your eye, but... Uh, during E3, um, is it the point that because of the ship-to-ship combat, something you think you guys would be into versus it being like a character game like Assassin's Creed? Well, I well, I was definitely into it uh, because I thoroughly enjoyed the Black Flag ship-to-ship battles. Uh, when the de- developer was talking about, you know, making, putting the ships kind of front and center... I think that's kind of sort of how I feel about games like Destiny, where the weapons are, to me, are just as much uh, characters in and of themselves as the, you know, rather blasé guardian that I, you know, I piece together in less than 30 seconds, you know, (laughs) because of, you know, the very shallow uh, customization options available. So... I, I kind of dig that um, being able to, you know, get better and more impressive ships as long as the differences that are part of their, um, you know, paid content, their paid DLC, is um, is, is vanity only. It's just for just for customization pur- purposes because. When you start getting into uh, things that actually affect the balance of a match where, you know, someone can just go and spend 30, 40, 80, 100 dollars, depending on how much is offered and what's offered and have this juggernaut of a ship and you're just, (laughs) you know, you're just enjoying the game for what it is, uh, that's that's not good. So as long as they can keep these things um, vanity based uh, I don't have a problem with what they're doing. So I just think that a lot of the, a lot of us, whenever we hear of where DLC content or or paid content, loot boxes, any of those yeah. uh, marketing buzzwords, there we've been burned so we've been burned a lot in past years, fairly recently, in which people were just able to buy their way to victory consistently just by, you know, purchasing more stuff that's going to give you a better advantage in a multiplayer match. So, yeah, I kind of worry too, too, as well about the loot boxes. It seems prevalent more and more like in Overwatch where people are playing to earn those skins 
versus playing the game itself proper. And you want to make sure that, you know, that these loot boxes are there to add cosmetics to the main meat of the game, which would, would be the gameplay on there. But I know that a lot of game developers, especially those that do uh, pay to win on there on free-to-play games or on pay games is that uh, they're looking at the same techniques that they use in Las Vegas for, like, slot machines, you know, where um, you're going to get your quote-unquote whales out there uh, just uh, um, contributing, like, you know, basically 2% of the uh, uh, population contributing to the and keeping the game afloat with all the monetizations and that kind of thing, so... So I'm grateful that, you know, they are working to where, like I was, we were, I was playing for honor this weekend. I was checking out to see what the season pass kind of entailed because it did mention both that and rainbow six siege. And I was kind of surprised to see that the uh, season pass for for honor is actually not gating any of the um, season content or anything like that. It actually just allows uh, for uh, early access to those and, and more cosmetics with the uh, season pass. So everyone has access to all the levels and content in For Honor. It's just a point of the timing of it and as far as getting extra um, cosmetic bonuses as well with the, the season pass. So it's kind of unique in the way uh, a little bit that than other games because of the fact that it doesn't split the community off and segment it out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jason, is uh, any anything that you've heard about Skull and Bones, is that floating your boat, pun intended? <laughs> um, I'm not totally sure on that one. Uh, I didn't really play much of the Assassin's Creed 3 ship battles and stuff, so I don't really have that background uh, to go off of. But, I mean, it looked pretty fun, but I'm just not sure with all the other games I'm playing this year that probably gonna skip that one most likely well skull and bones doesn't come out until uh fall of next year actually so it oh, is still yeah. still in its gestation period so but uh i know i know for sure you you're gonna buy it kevin right it's a, oh it's yeah a, it's it's for sure that's day one any interest desmond or do you remember this game from e3 nope i will play nope. it at your house when you buy it <laughs> <laughs> good deal all right, and next new story is a game that uh, we all know and love. Uh, more information about Destiny 2 uh, came out in the newest issue of Edge Magazine uh, this month on there, and uh, they had more information regarding the amount of content in the game. There is going to be over 80 PvE missions and activities to enjoy, and each is substantial in length, challenge, story, and reward, Woo-hoo! according so there's actually so much new content that at one point the development team realized that they had more content than progression, even if they fixed that afterwards. So they, they had so much content that there's like, it was like progression was going to like a snail's crawl, I guess. So uh, players that won't be able to take their time too much during nightfall strikes, since there will be a time limit, uh, for example, for one strike is 13 minutes on a nightfall. So, uh, this oh. used to be a problem in the first game, which required almost every challenge encountered uh, had one or more ways to cheese it, but it required time. Now players will have to strategize and be efficient on there, so that might be <laughs> something we're going to have to get used to on there. I know when us we all played Nightfalls, uh, sometimes we just make it out in the nick of time with that 30-minute time limit. So, 
I am not a fan of time limits in my games. I, I mean, I, 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 I get it. It's, it adds to the challenge, but I think that is a... I don't know if I'm willing to call it a lazy way of building in additional challenge, but it's a methodology I am no fan of by well, any stretch. Well, you know, that's why it's it's nightfall versus regular strikes, and you get better at the strikes, and then you see if you're able to run it and get all those wonderful uh, weekly loots, of course. So we'll have to, we'll have to see how it goes. I, knowing us, we will definitely give give it a shot. I mean, yeah, I'll play it, but, you know, yeah. I, I kind of think that would be, for a Nightfall, I want, you know, maybe smarter AI switching out uh, enemies, you know, where you find in Cabal in, in, in traditional strikes, and maybe in uh, uh, a Nightfall you're fighting some elite elite core of Vex or something like that, where the difficulty is cranked up, maybe things are specific mission specific points of interest or goals are put in different areas stuff like that when you just slap a time limit on it uh you know it's just me yeah i'll still i'll still play them but those nightfalls that are that have time limits attached to them um you know depending on on what it is and how familiar i am with with that particular strike is going to be like yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing they also talked about too, as well, is that in the beta, uh, they didn't have a relevant mechanic that causes the en enemy's elemental shields to explode when depleted by an energy weapon. But in the final game, they uh, will introduce a mechanic to basically cause the enemy shields to, to explode, which will cause damage to all enemies within a certain radius. So, we talked about that. Uh, other things. They stated too is that um, that there were some other things that they talked to Edge uh, that they were asked not to reveal. One involves the Hunter class, and they quote unquote said that it left let the interviewers happy that the class will shape up well. Uh, they also mentioned supers and grenades on there. Uh, they stated that both supers and grenades will charge faster. Uh, then the beta will recharge faster on there. So Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the thing. Like, I played that beta, and I was just like, I feel like it took forever to do anything with my, um, with my, with my, uh, with either uh, a, um, I played the Hunter and the, and I only played the Hunter and I played the Warlock. Just to do any of their melee or their, um, or the other one, or grenade, it just took forever, it felt like. And I was just like, oh, I really hope that they change this. And I'm glad that they took that feedback and they're doing that. That was one thing that I didn't like. Um, also, I understand that we're supposed to be, you know, weak and we're supposed to be, um, you know, so supposed to be hard, quote unquote, because it's, you know, the cabal and it's, it's, it's just a beta. But it seemed like, like the guns didn't do enough damage, you know. And maybe it's just because of the guns I was using. I did feel that the hand cannon did do more damage. So so I know it's all in tweaking and it's gonna come out, you know, in less than a month. So but I'm I'm excited. Like I'm really after playing the beta, I'm really excited. And especially after hearing them making these changes like Joe just said. Like I'm I'm excited. Like bring it. Yeah, one thing they talked about too is that your supers and grenades will also recharge faster if you play more aggressive. So 
on there. So that's another thing that was mentioned. So uh, they gave an example of a warlock exotic chest that uh, basically lets you hover in the air where uh, kills while hovering will quickly recharge your grenades. So it just depends on the technique and utilization and whatnot. So, all right, another news I wanted to kind of go over this week. Um, Capcom has finally revealed the... Um, <laughs> did we lose Kevin again? Yes, we did. Okay. <laughs> ew, ew. <laughs> oh, well. He's back. Yep. Okay. Yep. Back in full effect. Back. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry about that. I don't know what's going on. Skype is just. Are you on Wi-Fi or are you on a wired connection? I'm on a wired connection on my computer, so I don't know what's going on. Gotcha. Okay. No worries, man. At least you're able to come back. So. Yeah. All right, three, two, one. Also, other news this week I kind of want to cover. Uh, Capcom has revealed the Western release date for uh, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen for both the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on there. Um, both games will be coming out, both games, both versions of the game will be coming out on October 3rd um, for uh, $29.99 on there. So it's quite quite cheap on there. So... Uh, the package includes both the original uh, Dragon's Dogma game, along with the expansion um, Dark Arisen, including the Bitter Black Isle area. Obviously, um, it will also include higher resolution visuals compared to the PS3 and Xbox 360 versions, which will release back in uh, 2012 on there. So um, it also did mention that uh, they are supporting quote-unquote, high-resolution visuals. So hopefully um, they haven't really stated if there's going to be like maybe PlayStation 4 Pro support or Xbox One X support, but I'm hoping very much so that they do support both of those um, midlife consoles on there. So if you haven't heard about this game, this game is uh, quite good. It's like in the, in the kind of the teeth of an action RPG. Um, but it's medieval and it uses this uh, system called the pawn system that you're able to uh, have these uh, created NPCs accompany you and you could actually share your pawns with other players as well and they could level up uh, while like say if I want to share my pawns with like say Kevin or Jason or Desmond you guys could download my pawns and be able to use that back and forth on there. I have only dabbled in the original Dragon's Dogma um, so I want to kind of kind of uh, transition over to you, Kevin, because I know you quite played quite a bit of the original. I know you didn't get into the Dark Arisen uh, expansion, but is this something that's on your plate coming up? Uh, it would definitely be on my plate. Uh, I think Dragon's Dogma is one of the most underrated games from last gen. Um, I completely fell in love with the combat. I the different classes were just fantastic. I went through once with a, an archer. The second time I completed the game, I used a wizard and the pawn system. The pawn system, I think, is it's good. It's really cool. I, I kind of wish it there was a little bit more meat on it with regard to how you interact with your pawn. 
Um, I know the the pawn that I created. Mine was a, uh, uh, I and I forget the class, the different classes now, but it was a, a heavy warrior class, and I had an attack where if my pawn executed a particular move, she would throw use her broadsword and fling me on top of a monster that was so for taller or larger creatures. I'd be able to latch on to their heads and be able to stab them that way. So there's a there's a lot of meat in uh, in that game. I just kind of wish that there was a little bit more story elements surrounding the pawns themselves. But man, uh, Dragon's Dogma is probably the one of the best uh, a, um, action RPGs from last gen. It is absolute gem. I would agree. I almost beat it. Um, I almost beat it, but didn't really um, stay in it as, as I could have. But I really am kicking myself um, that I didn't actually play through it. So I'm definitely going to be buying it, especially with this um, with the Dark Arisen. And it'll probably be at a, at a reduced rate, uh, sorry, a reduced price. So that makes it even more. But yeah, it's definitely worth buying. Definitely. Yeah. If you have an Amazon Prime account or a Gamers Club Unlock, discount with best buy i mean that's it's like a 23.99 game it's like ridiculous because the amount of content you're getting uh with it and uh you know i'm i'm also gonna be buying it and and i'm gonna actually make an effort to actually play it this time (laughs) so (laughs) i'm trying to be better with with my purchases and then to be able to you know, obviously, I don't, I don't want to have like you know, hundred loaves of bread in my freezer. You know, where I can only eat one slice at a time. I want to be a little bit more conscientious of what I'm doing. So, any interest in this, Jason? I know that I don't know if you play with a lot of medieval RPGs. I know you. you know, what have you played, or have you played Dragon's Dogma in the past before? Um, actually, I started playing it on the 360, but I just never actually played a ton. But I was actually really enjoying the combat and stuff on it as well um, for the little bit I did play and thought the pawn system was interesting. Yeah, we're definitely all going to be signing back up on it and, and doing it uh, pretty hardcore. So we're kind of looking into it. I just wish there was a multiplayer function with this game. Um, you know, they do have Dragon's Dogma online in Japan uh, on the PlayStation 4 and on PC, but, uh, you know, obviously with a lot of MMOs in Japan, uh, there's not been a lot of uh, effort to bring them over for a United States audience because of the amount of, of translation costs and, the, and the, just the length of the translation itself on there. I'm hoping that this will kind of uh, get a little bit more interest in the franchise so they could either... Uh, bring that over or start working on a dragon's dogma too is what they really should be doing so it was funny i played it for so long and i met so many like people from all around the world with the pawn system it was hilarious i had like <laughs> tons of people who were like sharing pawns with me and it's like at a certain point at a certain point i was getting you know pawns from people who lived in like japan and china and all those different places and so the pawns were like stronger than my character almost sometimes oh, the god. pawns were like <laughs> over leveled and shit and i'm just like oh my god these pawns are like wrecking stuff i was like wow mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's pretty crazy nice. it, it got pretty crazy towards the end there because i because i played it pretty re- regularly and then i put it away and then i came back a month later and all those pawns were like i i, I updated all the pawns and they literally were just like hundreds of levels higher than they were and i was like wow okay so it was kind of funny 
So I hope they kind of work on that a little bit too. So, but I can't wait to play it again. Yeah, I mean, does that have a pretty good deck? Because I know, Desmond, you're all about the character customization portion of, like, you know, games of this ilk on there. So is it pretty uh, beefy in that aspect? I mean, do you, did you create a bunch of different characters with the original? Probably put me out like that. No, I didn't. I, I made I made one character, and I, and I, and I kind of went with it. I wasn't as crazy as I am now about, you know, character creation. So, But, yeah, one character, ran through it. You know, it was, it was fun. It's a fun game. Right on. All right. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to it for sure. So I'm going to make a trip to my local GameStop so I can get my reserve <laughs> at least down. So on that. All right. Next news story of interest this week. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. Yes, the, the game that will not <laughs> die as far as being talked about. Um, there was something last week. Square Enix issued a warning to all Dragon Quest Eleven users uh, that uh, if you didn't know, the Nintendo 3DS version of the game utilizes uh, Street Pass as one of its features. And if you know with Street Pass, especially in Japan, uh, you're able to um, you know share game maps and uh, levels with other characters on there. But they put a warning out that, that there was a hacked regarding the Street Pass, and the hacked data is related to the Yochi. Uh, that can be exchanged via Street Pass. Those are like little uh, creatures, and that's the whole uh, hook with the Street Pass and Dragon Quest XI. So um, they stated that they, they could reach a motivation value of up to 150 via normal play. Uh, anything above 150, uh, level 150 is not possible via legal gameplay and has been tampered with. Uh, Square Enix advises that the publisher cannot guarantee safe operation of the mode if uh, the tampered Yochi are, are used in the game. If you acquire uh, one of them from another player, you should immediately select the disconnect from the Yochi party and delete the affected Yochi on there. So uh, nothing else has been stated as far as any further information, but uh, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about the whole street past sensation in japan and the how dragon quest 9 for the nintendo ds kind of started the whole feature set enough so that they included the uh ability to street pass with the 3ds and the system software on there so and uh, i haven't really messed with street pass on my 3ds in quite a bit of time on here but especially if this does make it over for the 3ds um i'm just kind of curious to see um how that's going to uh, be implemented on there. I know McDonald's and other retail um, places that have AT&T wireless usually have a quote-unquote uh, street pass relay where you're able to you know get some street pass, get some people for you like Me Plaza and that kind of thing. Uh, Desmond, what's your opinion as far as you know? Are you going to be playing Dragon Quest Eleven on the 3DS for the street pass? Because there, there is that feature. I know you live in a major metropolitan city, so. It might. I mean, I don't know. Um, it's weird. Uh, do you know if one? Do you know if it's coming up for the Switch? And if so, does the Switch have Street Pass availability? I just, well, about, I just don't know about playing it on a small screen. Like, I, I for me, I think I'm just gonna get the PS4 version on it and just do it that way, and then get yeah. downloaded stuff if I need to. I mean, I don't, I don't see myself playing that game on my DS. I just don't. You know, it does. It just doesn't seem like. A type of game that I want to do that with, you know. I don't know. I, I'm kind of. I was getting more information about Dragon Quest Eleven, and one of the cool things you start out the game with 
the 3D on the top screen and the 2D on the bottom screen, and you're able to switch viewpoints on that. And it lasts for a certain amount of time, and then after that point, you have to make a, a decision to either play the game in 3D or to play the game in 2D. And the 2D is very reminiscent of the old Dragon Quest games on there. And, and if anything... It might be something, especially if you enjoy the game quite a bit, might be worthy of a quote-unquote double dip, possibly. But as far as the Switch version, no one knows what the Switch version is at the moment. I'm assuming, I'm hoping, because there's not two screens with the Switch, that it might be almost like a port of the PlayStation 4 version versus uh, uh, like a port of the 3DS version, necessarily. I think the 3DS version, in and of itself, it's, all, it's its own separate beast quote unquote so so I'm really going to have to take a look at both and see how well they're implemented between uh, the PlayStation 4 version and then the 3DS version and the Switch version to see as far as which one I'm, I'm assuming because a lot of people were just saying how unbelievably gorgeous the PlayStation 4 version is because it it's running in checkerboard 4K on the PlayStation 4 Pro, and uh, you're able to see like uh, your different outfits on your different characters if you're able to equip them on there. Where in the 3DS version, obviously, you're not going to see any uh, as much as subtle differences between the two. So, on that, uh, so I just thought I was curious that there is a you know a hack to the Street Pass of Dragon Quest 11 in Japan. Of course, we'll probably never see hacks here because of the fact that. <laughs> You know, you have to go to McDonald's to get Street Pass, or at least for you, Desmond, maybe you know, maybe encounter one or two in the wild. But uh, it just depends on the Street Pass portion. So I generally don't go to McDonald's to get my Street Passes, so I don't think that's going to happen too much. Well, for me, uh, Fresno's too spread out, so Street Passes are pretty much, uh, yeah, good luck. You know, you got pretty much uh, just go to the me, mall, walk up and down the mall, you'll be okay. Yeah, there you go. That'll work too. So. Any thoughts anywhere else, uh, Kevin or uh, Jason, about the... I know you, you don't even own a 3DS, right, Jason? No, I don't. So. Yeah. Any excitement for Dragon Quest XI, though? And we'll have to see once it comes out in the U.S., maybe. Um, I haven't really uh, ever played a Dragon Quest game, so I'm not entirely sure on that one. It's really... It's like... An, like uh, if you can imagine, if you remember playing Final Fantasy back in the NES days, it has like a very old-school type feel to it. So, But uh, very story-driven, too, as well. So so I know both you. I know Kevin as well. You know, you haven't never played a Dragon Quest game proper. So hopefully maybe 11 will be the one to kind of get you on board. But we'll see. We'll see when it comes out next year. So, And other news stories uh, that caught my eye this week. Uh, Tempest 4000 was announced for both uh, consoles and for PC on there. I guess for whatever reason, um, Atari and the uh, games creator Jeff Minter had been like kind of on bad terms for quite a bit of time on there. So, but they have kind of partnered now uh, together. And so they have announced Tempest 4000. It is a quote-unquote visually stunning and action-packed shooter based on the classic arcade game Tempest. It's going to be out for uh, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC uh, this holiday season on there. Um, obviously, it's going to feature 4K resolution if your TV has the capability of doing so, multiple game modes on there. They also have um, the tr old original Tempest with enhanced graphics 
as well included in the package on there and a retro techno soundtrack. So anyone uh, on the show, did you guys ever play like Tempest 2000 or is it three, the Tempest 3000 as well? I think 3000 came out for the, the new one, but the Tempest 2000 came out for the Atari Jaguar. Any of you guys played the, the um, Tempest remakes? No, I've only played the Tempest in the, in the arcade. So I didn't know any of these existed. So, Thank you for for making me aware of this. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, me and uh, me and my friend Damon rented. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was Tempest two thousand and uh, Aliens versus Predator on the Atari Jaguar. Uh, for whatever reason, the Tempest two thousand cart did not work. That sucks. <laughs> so <laughs> we were never able to play it. So we were stuck playing the wonderful masterpiece and I, I i'm speaking very sarcastically when i say that of uh, aliens versus predator on the jaguar horrible game well horrible game. <laughs> it's it's no trevor mcfur and <laughs> the other wonderful games cybermorph i can't believe at one point i traded a bunch of stuff in the local shop here called bre software <laughs> to uh, buy a damn jaguar i must have traded like some snes cartridges too probably worth way more like stuff like chrono trigger and other items so i could buy a damn jaguar so <laughs> hey um now those are the days where i would read game fan magazine and and be like hyper excited about every console every game because that's how that magazine was written basically so on it but uh Dave Halverson. You know it, East Storm. You know. Joe had a Joe had a season ticket to the hype train. <laughs> you know it. Yeah, then that that magazine, I swear. But uh Tempest two thousand, just to bring it back to that, was an awesome game. There was a port of that kind of, that came out for PlayStation one too, so you could actually if you wanted to play it, any of you guys, um, you could probably dig on there. I know Jeff Minter also released kind of a Pseudo sequel to Tempest 2000 on the um, Vita. I'm forgetting the name of that game. It kind of played similar to Tempest on there, but uh, that was released about maybe a year, year and a half, two years ago on there. Do you know what game I'm talking about, Kevin? I know we both own it. I just <laughs> totally forgot. Um, Hit to put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, that and, and Skype is... is is not cooperating with me this evening. So I do not know what game you are referring to on the Vita. Uh, TXK. TXK. Oh, TXK. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I have it, but it's been so long since I played it. I don't remember anything about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. TXK actually. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's the one where the, uh, you would, it was the, it was the Tempest. And there yeah. would be different uh, Tempest shapes that would come out, and your ship yeah. would go from one. Yeah, yeah, that was okay. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I have that. So I, ba basically, that game is almost like a version of Tempest. In fact, uh, Jeff Minter, the designer and creator of uh, Tempest 4000, was threatened by legal action by Atari because it was too similar to Tempest 2000. So, so, <laughs> so they were going in. in fighting legal matters about it so enough so that it was and it's crazy to think that he teamed up with atari again but i guess you know when money's to be made and games are to be created that you know maybe bygones can be bygones <laughs> to make some money so 
and maybe if it's been a while since you've worked, you know, it's amazing yeah. what uh, <laughs> how bridges can be rebuilt. For sure. And other news this week. Uh, this is kind of a rumor right now, but I kind of thought to add this because it's been kind of bubbling underneath the surface. Uh, Recore, an action adventure game by Comcept and Armature Studio, was released last year for the Xbox One. It's some one of the games that that uh, last year's E3. Uh, Xbox press conference, I thought just looked really good. I loved the motif, um, but the game kind of came out kind of half-baked a little bit. It was kind of deemed as being incomplete. In fact, one of the robots in the E3 trailer that was prominently featured uh, wasn't even in the actual game itself, so they were kind of rushed to market. But uh, there's been rumors out about enough so that we've seen like it uh, like uh, not through ESRB, but through other ratings like Peggy, uh, like a, a Recore Definitive Edition uh, has come up with a particular rating. And so rumor has it right now it's going to release on August 29th. It's going to come with uh, HDR support, uh, high-resolution graphic support, and also a new mission added to the game as well on there. Um, there not 100% sure that the owners of the original game will be able to get this content for free or not. I hope so. You know, it would be a hard way to go if you don't get the <laughs> remastered version because they were promising DLC and they never released any DLC for this game for one reason or another because probably because of the uh, issues with the uh, game itself, the, um, the the base game itself. So on there, but uh I'm kind of looking forward to this. I have it in my Xbox One cal uh, catalog on there. Um, I haven't really had a chance to play it too much, knowing that the uh, game kind of was half-baked, per se. Uh, Armature, the uh, creators of the game, uh, they basically were the creators of Metroid Prime 1 through 3 on there. And uh, I'm kind of curious to see. This is also a co-production with uh, Comcept, which, which is uh, Kenji Inafune. <laughs> so if you recognize that name, that's the guy from Capcom that also created the multiple games, including Mega Man and Lost Planet and whatnot. So any thoughts on Recore, you guys? Is something that you might be able to circle back to, or have you played the original at all? Never played the original because I don't own, I don't own an Xbox. But if I ever do get an Xbox, it is on my short list to play. It looked fun. I liked I liked the way it looked. Um, the aesthetics talked to me, you know. So who knows? I'll probably end up playing at your house, though. <laughs> yeah, I've played it a little bit on Xbox One. I have it. I just haven't played a ton of it. But what I the little bit that I did play, I was actually enjoying quite a bit. Was this a Games with Gold recently? No, it's not. No, it hasn't okay. been a Games with Gold yet. So, but uh, it, if you go buy it now, I mean, you could, it's basically been on sale for twenty bucks. I think it retails for twenty bucks now. And then they thought so much of the game when they released it last year. They released a collector's edition for two hundred dollars, and you could get that collector's edition for fifty bucks on Amazon now. So, <laughs> which is sad, but you know, it's just I kind of wish. Microsoft, with the fact that the lack of first-party software, they probably needed to get the game out, but they probably should have just waited for the game to be complete before they actually released it on here. I just feel bad for 
armature too because uh, they're trying to get their name out there a little bit you know it's like one of the things where they were co-partnering with microsoft and getting a major publisher to publish their game and uh, the be forced to bring it out half-baked it's kind of unfortunate but at least uh it's getting a definitive edition at least so uh, so i hope it just turns out well we'll see though so on it. If you're interested too, Desmond, the, the game is a uh, Microsoft Play Anywhere title. So if you do buy it digitally, you can play it on a PC. And I don't know what the system requirements might be, but uh, might be something that you might be able to play on your your laptop, maybe. So yeah, not gonna do that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, gaming on PCs never really spoke to you, right? Or as far as you weren't able to get like uh, games running properly. I never really tried. So I just no, I like I like separating my consoles from my from my um from my PCs. But at some point I will end up having to break that divide. So I will cross that divide, you know, when I finally get my own, you know, gaming PC. But until then, it's consoles. All right. Good deal. And then last but not least, I kinda wanna cover a couple things that got announced this last week. Um, a Nintendo has announced that they're bringing out a Samus edition for the new Nintendo 3DS XL. On there, it's coming out on September 15th for $199 in North America, Europe, and Japan. Will not include a copy of the game with the system, but uh, a lot of people were saying this is like uh, like they commissioned McDonald's to design the system because it's all red and yellow so on it. But uh, it looks pretty cool in my opinion. I don't know if you guys had a chance to take a look at it at all. No, I haven't. Sounds interesting, though. Yeah, I haven't either. Hmm. Well, click on the link in the outline, man. Come it's, on. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, it's okay. Um, you know, yeah. If I, if if I, I don't know if now. What's the going price of a standard new 3ds right now? Uh, One ninety nine. Oh, okay. So it's no more. It isn't any more expensive than a. No, game. it's not. Yeah, and oh, it, is, okay. it is a limited edition system. So, but okay. uh, it seems like, uh, even though there's a lot of Metroid fans out there, um, this one's still readily available. I check with my local GameStop, and they still had all four reservations available. They were going to get four systems, and Best Buy has this available also on their website as well. So, so if you're a big Samus fan, uh, definitely take a look. It does look pretty good i actually reserved it but i'm deciding whether i'm going to execute and, and blow 200 bucks on this and try to sell my fire emblem uh new 3ds xl so it just like, seems like every year when nintendo does this it seems like i cycle through and get a new 3ds and trade in my other one and pay the extra like you know 50 to 80 bucks to get the newest shell the newest uh, system jjor at least so and it also makes you wish they had a, a more competent way of transferring your your data from one unit to another. Agreed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is a big pain in the butt, man. I swear. A lot of people were saying that you, you can call Nintendo as long as you're able to verify your account information, that what games are on your account. They would actually help you to be able to transfer it over, just in case if you don't have the original system anymore. It used to be back in the day where you would actually have to, you know, verify that you actually own the system. I had a instance uh, back in like 2006 when my initial 3DS got stolen. It actually wasn't a 3DS. It was just a, a, a regular DS. 
I left it on the roof of my car when I was coming home from work and I forgot to grab it off the top of my car before I came into my apartment. And yeah, then when I, I came that. back, came back out, it's like, Oh, it's gone. It's gone. It was even in the case. So I made it easier for my thieves. It was like leaving stuff on top of the roof of my car with a carrying case with a handle and the whole shot, man. It's like, you know, Christmas. <laughs> yeah. That does look pretty cool though. The 3DS. Uh, yeah. You ever thought about uh, you just don't play portable enough, Jason, or is that something that's just not in your wheelhouse between the Vita and the 3DS? Yeah, I just I haven't really uh, played much. I used to have a Vita for a while, but I found I just didn't play it enough to really keep it. So I went ahead and sold it. Uh, that's good to know where your bread is buttered, you know. I, yeah. I like playing on the go, you know, being at work and stuck at work. It's just, it's good to have uh, games on the go. And then, you know, a lot of the games on the portable systems are kind of something you won't get on a console necessarily. So that's what yeah. I like about it for sure. So, and then last but not least, uh, there is another, not a game announced, but uh, a lot of different packages. Uh, Nino Kone 2 Revenant Kingdom, they finally announced the special editions in the season pass and the whole kit and caboodle. So uh, for North America, the special edition, the day one, you're going to be able to get uh, Nino Kone 2 Revenant Kingdom plus a set of DLC. The premium edition for uh, 80 bucks will get you a steel bookcase, a 3D papercraft kit, a Dragon's Tooth exclusive DLC sword, and a music collection CD uh, for 80 bucks. And then if you want to go whole hog, there is a collector's edition for $200 that includes a, a Nino Kune 2 visual arts book, um, a chibi mechanical rotating diorama, uh, a lofty plush, uh, making of Nino Kune 2 Blu-ray, and a 3D papercraft display case, as well as the season pass. The season pass, they said, is going to include two large DLC contents, which they are not being very descriptive of what they are, but it's going to season pass is going to be 20 bucks for the game as well. So any thoughts on this guys? I know we talked about Nunakuni ad nauseum in prior episodes. Uh, any idea where you're going to angle as far as pre-ordering this thing? Are you going to buy it at all? What do you think about the price points? I'm going to buy it. Probably just a regular version. I don't think I'm going to um, pre-order it. Yeah, I'm pr I'm probably going to go with the standard edition as well. I've you know the the steel book and the art you know the art book and all that stuff sounds pretty interesting, but uh, if I do get a get a uh, an edition, a special edition, it would probably be the digital deluxe uh, with the soundtrack. Yeah, digital deluxe I didn't cover, but yeah, it's like eighty bucks too, and it comes with the season pass, which is a good thing too. So, mm -hmm. and if you're not wanting that the uh, physical package, uh, definitely comes with some themes too and some avatars. So, yeah, I've never really played the Nino Kuni games, so I don't really know exactly what they're about. So, oh, give you a little background. They're basically the first game was by a development house called Level 5, which have done other games like um, Yokai Watch and Dragon Quest Nine. They were developers on that. Uh, Dark Cloud 2 on the PlayStation 2. Real Galaxy. Uh, they're pretty prominent uh, development house. They did the Professor Layton games as well. But uh, Nino Kune, the original game, was a uh, co-production with uh, 
uh, Miyazaki Productions, which is the uh, anime uh, production house that brought out a lot of, of anime series like uh, Nazca, uh, Valley of the Wind, uh, Totoro. Um, Mistress any, Mononoke. Yes. No, Princess Mononoke. Princess, yeah. yeah. Mr. Yes. I say Mistress, yeah. Wrong yeah. word. <laughs> Studio Ghibli. Yeah, Studio Ghibli themselves. So, yeah, it's a, a lot of people have affinity towards Studio Ghibli and the creations and the movies and whatnot. So that's kind of where this series kind of ties in a little bit. So the first game came out for a PlayStation 3 only on there, but um, you can probably find it out there for 10 15 bucks if you want to like play the first one at least before playing this one. So there's no uh, continuing story in this. This is a separate story in of itself, so... So Nino Kune 2 is its own beast, but it has that uh, Miyazaki Studio Ghibli flair, at least a little bit to it. So, Okay. Yeah. And I want to be a walking game st- 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 encyclopedia or thesaurus or anything like that, but you know, I do my job. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's cool. All right. And that's all the news I got this week, guys. All righty. Well, <clears throat> we're going to move from from those news nuggets to our playlist, I'm going to go ahead and go first because Skype has been uh, being being a punk <laughs> this evening with multiple, with booting me off. So real quick, what I've been playing this week, um, I've been playing most at work, mostly my, my DS, still playing uh, Mario Luigi Dream Team, a little bit of Kirby, but um, kind of midway... Uh, last week, uh, around Wednesday or Thursday, um, I received a copy of uh, uh, River City Tokyo Rumble, and I'm freaking addicted to that game. Uh, as <laughs> as I've mentioned before, my interest in getting a DS uh, uh, a DS in the first place was to play Kunio Kun games, which are the River City Ransom. Uh, commonly known in, in in the West as River City Ransom, River City Ransom series, and Tokyo Rumble is absolutely uh, fantastic. It's a beat 'em up with RPG elements, and I'm, you know, I, I don't know which one is going to get my time most, whether it's going to be Dream Team or River City, because uh, I've been playing both uh, quite a bit uh, at work and even at home, which is very rare for me uh, to pick up the portable, but I was playing River City Ransom a little bit earlier today <laughs> here at the house. Uh, so how, I'm enjoying it. How does it compare to River City Underground on this PC? Is it River the- City Underground on the PC is is a way more in-depth brawler. Uh, Underground is more of a beat-em-up, than an RPG, in, in in my opinion, because you, you the money that you earn, you use to buy moves, and you do that in this game too. But you have you have to figure out how to link your special moves together to do your combos, and that is that I think is where the real fun and the meat of Underground is, as opposed to this game where. The mechanics are pretty straightforward. Uh, you're not going to be mixing and matching your button inputs nearly as as much as you do in Underground. Um, it's a fun little beat 'em up where you're not going to have to really pay too much attention to you know what you're hitting. You can button mash your way. 
Now you can button your mash your button mash your way in uh, underground as well, but um, the real enjoyment in underground is figuring out how, how those special moves um, link together and putting together you know these multi-hit combo strings on groups of opponents. Like uh, I've got the boxer maxed out in his abilities and. There's a way where he can use his special move to move behind an opponent and punch them and knock them into the air for multi-hit juggles. And I have not figured it out. I've seen it on uh, YouTube demonstrated, but I haven't been able to quite figure out how to get it done uh, in actual gameplay. So that's where the meat of that game lies, is figuring out those combo strings and putting those special moves together and you know, even discovering combinations of your own, I would just imagine. So uh, uh, I've been playing a lot of that. You know, Speaking of Underground, that's another game I've been playing a lot on the PS4. It's been Persona. <laughs> I am, I just this evening, I, racked, uh, I wrapped up Okamura Foods, that palace. So I'm on track to um, all the social links that I'm using are way higher than they were when I initially restarted. And I'm, uh, I'm on track and I'm in a good place for getting everything together for the final showdown. I know I've got, I think I've got at least two more palaces to go before I'm ready for the, for the, uh, uh, the, the final showdown with the, uh, the head honchos. So, uh, but I'm in a good spot with my social links, and that's why I restarted in the first place because my social links were way out of whack. So I took care of that, and I'm enjoying that immensely still. So, uh, Dez, man, what you been playing this week? Um, still playing uh, Dragon Quest Eight um, on my DS. Really trying to get a lot of mileage out of that. I'm going to be playing. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories. I'm going to uh, download that and give that a, tr a try because I'm excited for the demo So, and the game when it comes out. So I'm, I'm watching that. I'm sorry, I'm going to be um, playing that. And then as, for, as far as the um, my PS4, I've been playing uh, Sniper Elite 4. It's a fun game. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot to do with the, in that game. And the replay value is, is definitely there, you know. Um, I wish there was a little bit more customization with your characters, with your character, um, because you really have to sink some deep hours into the game before you, um, before you're able to start to uh, edit your character and get different weapons and stuff like that. So that's something kind of interesting. So you 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 get rewarded, but you have to sink in the hours. It's not that it's not, and it's not like it's a grind. It's just you just got to play the game, you know, before you can start changing it up. So, but did you now, try three? Uh, no, I never played three. The four, four I, I started with um, that Nazi zombie thing, which was you know uh, a, 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 a another game in that series that was like a side game, and then it made me want to play Sniper Elite, so I went ahead and did that. Okay. So I got Sniper Elite and did that. So. Um, but yeah, so I started with four. Uh, it's fun though. I've had a lot of fun. And I turned, I jacked up the uh, the frequency for the X-ray cams, so it's fun. 
you know, blowing people's teeth out. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a fun game. Uh, so Jason, what have you been playing? Um, I've been playing well, a lot of Warframe, like I said in the beginning. Um, and then a little bit of the game called Paladins. Um, it's kind of also a kind of MOA type thing. It's basically medieval Overwatch is the best way I can describe it. But um, it's actually really fun. Um, and then a little bit of Overwatch, uh, Lucio Ball and that in particular with the Summer Games out at the moment. Um, that's actually kind of comparable to the feel of Rocket League, except in this you're just all Lucio and you can do um, his moves like to speed him up or like kind of use his almost energy shotgun blast to blast the ball away from like the goal or across the arena and stuff to make it go faster. Um, that's quite fun. And then uh, with Kevin the other day, I was getting into the For Honor free weekend. Um, again, I hadn't played that game for quite a while. I had rented it before and then um, I noticed when I came back in that the Samurai had won the season one um, content because there's a big map that basically all the different types of characters, like you've got the Knights, the Samurai, and, oh, man, I can't remember the other one. Um, anyway, there's three factions, but they're fighting for control over this world map, and apparently the Samurai won, so I got a bunch of stuff out of that. Vikings uh, would be the other one. Uh, Vikings, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I could remember. And then um, last night I actually got into a little bit of Lego Indiana Jones on the Xbox One with my wife because uh, she really enjoys playing the Lego games and uh, playing them together with me. Uh, so that was pretty fun. So <laughs> it was different going back, though, to where the camera wasn't quite as good on the Lego games and there was no talking in the games. Um, back then yet so pretty interesting yeah, all right and what what i've been playing for the week um usual stuff out of the way of course diablo 3 which is i love to play i'm almost the end of act four uh finishing the mainline game with my monk on there and like I said in, in weeks past, Diablo I love, but sometimes when I start playing it, it's 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 my relaxing game before I go to sleep or during the day if I play like on the weekend or something. I know I need a nap or something. I had to actually had to get up today to like go get some water, get up, you know, because it kind of in a way it my numbs my mind, which is in a way might be good, especially if I'm having a bad day or if my mind's racing too much on it. Uh, playing games is definitely relaxing for sure. Um, enjoying that. Uh, Portable-wise, uh, haven't been playing much. I have dabbled in some new Super Mario Brothers 3. Two, excuse me. New Super Mario Brothers 2 and 3 has not come out yet. Hopefully it does so, on it. Uh, nothing else. Uh, I'm going to get back to Dragon Quest VIII. And like I said, in weeks past, I do have like about 30 hours in. Uh, how, how deep are you in right now, Desmond? You say about 5, 10 hours, give or take? About that. Okay, have you gotten Jessica yet, or are you still working your way up yeah. to... Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, and I know, I remember, I, I played this on the PS2 so a long time ago, so... Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just kind of powering through, you know, because it's a fun game, but, like, I played it, like, nonstop for, for quite a while, so... 
So it's just getting back into that. You oh, you're not, gr- you're not doing a lot of grinding then. I've been doing a lot of the uh, photo mode challenges when I've getting up to them. I don't know if you've dabbled with any of that stuff at all. Or I, anything yeah, like no, that. not really. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a fun little thing to add in because of the, because of the new platform, but for the most part, yeah, I just kind of ignore it. Yeah, I've been doing that. I've been trying to min-max everything, and it's not working. So. Of course, it's you. It's you do. So. I know. I know. And then also, like Jason said, um, when we're playing the uh, For Honor free weekend, uh, I haven't really had a chance to play For Honor before. So, I, you know, Jason, you caught me when I was actually just playing the tutorial for the first time, and we actually uh, did some online playing against some bots, and uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. You know, it kind of reminded me of a medieval version of control out of destiny it just seems like you're able to go from point to point try to keep at least two of your points occupied you know a lot of back and forth Uh, bots seem pretty challenging Um, i'm kind of hoping if and when i do resort to playing online that i'm not going to be too underpowered uh, for everything um i did like what I played so much that I did go back to it today and was playing some of the single player. Um, it's on sale right now at your local Best Buy for like twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, but uh, I did pick it up with that. My Gamers Club unlocked discount and a certificate to get under twenty bucks. So I am going to be playing off and on. I just want to see if they're going to support the game, if it's going to be too where I'm going to be too underpowered to be able to gain levels. But uh, I can always play against bots give or take, but the the melee in the game, I think it's fun. I mean, pretty pretty much you hold your L2 button down to block. You're basically moving your right stick to block in three different directions. And it's a lot of back and forth in the gameplay. I definitely enjoyed what I played of it. So I'm hoping maybe, you know, anyone else that's listening to this show or any of the fellow hosts <laughs> might want to dig into it a little bit. I know how much you love playing multiplayer, though. I know Desmond... <laughs> And Kevin, so I'm not sure if that's going to be your bag or not, but uh, maybe we'll see for sure on it. But uh, that's what I've been playing this week. So, well, all right. So that's what we've been what have what we've had in a rotation this past week. So, Des, why don't you let folks know what they can spend their hard-earned ducats on this coming week? Yeah, so we got a couple of games coming out this week. Uh, one to look forward to is Matter Matterfall. Matterfall. Um, if you oh, saw I can't the tra- wait for this. Game. Yeah, if you saw the trailer for it. It looked really, looks really, really good. So it was done by House Marquee. And uh, one quick note: they stated on their Twitter that it has actually gone gold. So it is ready and completed for its uh, October. Sorry, August fifteenth. Um, I said October, but it's August. August fifteenth. Uh, release date. So for those who don't know, Matterfall is an upcoming twin-stick shooter shooting platformer uh, from the Helsinki developer. Uh, the game was formally, was formally revealed during the pre-show of Sony's E3 2017 press conference. And that's where I saw it. Like, I watched the press conference for it, and I saw it. And the game looks really, really good. Uh, Matterfall has made a couple other games. Uh, the second game, this is the second game that's being released uh, this year, so they're a very, very busy studio. Um, but yeah, I know um, a lot of people on the uh, on the show love their their platformers. I'm a little, I'm not so sure about the twin stick shooter. I, I, I can never really get the other stick to do what I need it to do without pressing buttons. So I'm kind of wondering how this is going to play out. So I'm wondering how how all of you uh, 
what you all think about this as a platformer and then doing the twin stick stuff and, and how that's going to play for you? Uh, well, I know I've spent a fair amount of time with their twin stick games, you know, going back to uh, um, uh, Super Stardust. That? Super Stardust, yeah. And Next Machina is freaking amazing. They've got the twin stick uh, genre down to a science. Uh, oh, cool. So I really don't have any concerns, and I've seen some gameplay. I've watched a developer diary on this game. Well, I don't know if you call it a developer diary or if it might have been showcased at a at some some event that take that took place pat after E3. Um, the gameplay is on point, so I don't think you we were going to have a problem with the mechanics on how it's going to implement twin stick and platforming but it is very hard, just like all of their games are. Yeah. And I can't wait to jump into that because I every now and then I jump into Next Machina and it is extremely challenging. But when you die or when you mess up, you don't feel cheated. Um, in, a lot of ways they re, in a lot of ways, they remind me of um, Team Ninja back in the glory days with the, Ninja, with the 3D Ninja Gaiden titles. Um, when I got killed, it was because I messed up, not because there was something I got cheap shotted or somebody hit me from off screen. It was never a situation like that. So these guys have that genre down to a science. So I can't wait to get a hold of Matterfall. Joe, what are your thoughts about that? Oh, Matterfall, I'm looking forward to. I mean, uh, Housemark, they've been on point with all their games. I mean, think of the games on PlayStation 4 that they brought out. They brought out, what, uh, Resogun, which is an excellent game. Uh, I don't know if you had Dead a chance Nation. to play that. Dead Nation. Mm-hmm. Alien Nation, too, which I haven't Alien bought, Nation. but I haven't, haven't had a chance to play. Is that game? I would maybe go back to that one on it's there. Good. But Yeah. So, but I'm, I've been looking forward to Matterfall so much that I wanted to get a physical disc of it, but unfortunately it's only available in Europe and in the uh, Asia territories. So on there. So um, unfortunately, since the game comes out this Tuesday, I, mean, I don't know if I want to wait two, three uh, weeks for it to get shipped from Asia and pay like an extra, like quit <laughs> almost yeah. like, yeah, 15 bucks to get a physical disc. I might just, uh, do the do and get it digitally like everyone else. Uh, I know if you pre-order it, uh, you're able to you know get um, a set of five different avatars plus also the full soundtrack and also a theme as well, which will the, both the soundtrack and the theme will be out the day the game comes out. But you could get the avatars now at least. So so there's enough goodies in there. I almost felt like this game deserved a, more of a prominent promotion from Sony as far as offering maybe a pre-order discount of some sort, but uh, hey, I'll, I'll take it for 20 bucks. So, yeah. Jason, you is this on your radar at all? Um, I've seen a few videos, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pick that one up right away right now, but it does look pretty cool, though. So. Cool. So another game coming out this, uh, this Tuesday, uh, August 15th, is Sonic Mania, um, which, is, which is looking really, really good. So, it has visuals and gameplay from the Genesis era, uh, Sonic, with new zones, bosses, and three playable characters, all presented in fantastic, glorious, magical 60 frames per second. So, um, and they just released a new trailer uh, from from the uh, the game, showcasing a competition mode, which allows players to track clear times, uh, scores, 
Number of items acquired. Number of rings acquired uh, when clearing the level and total number of rings acquired throughout the level. In this mode, players will be able to adjust the rules of each match by choosing items and choosing items in the item boxes and number of rounds that takes place. So that's cool. So I, you know, track and race up against, you know, Kevin and other people. We might be able to do this on a game night to see who has the, like, who is the best Sonic maniac or something. I don't know. <laughs> You know, I, let I, me looks, tell you something, brother. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it looks it looks good though. I mean, I love the Sonic era. Sorry, I love the uh, Genesis era Sonic. So I'm looking really looking forward to. Jason, what do you think about that? Are you? It's something that you're thinking about getting. It's coming out for the PlayStation Four, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, and on PC. Um, I haven't really seen a ton about it, but I know I really enjoyed the Sonic games growing up. So maybe eventually. Um, I think right now I'm probably going to wait just because I'm kind of waiting for Destiny 2 to come out. Yeah. I have a feeling that once that's out, I'm not going to be playing a whole lot else. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking, too, about a lot of the games coming out. It's like, do I buy this or do I just wait for Destiny, when I know which, which I know I'm going to play a lot. So, no, you're, you're totally on point with that. Uh, Kevin, yep. uh, Joe, what are you thinking? I'll probably be checking it out. I don't know if I'll be day one. Uh, probably not, but I'll definitely be be checking it out. Um, like I said, per- Persona runs my world <laughs> for my game time right now. Um, I already pre-ordered it, so I'm done. Well, I mean, with, uh, yeah, I'm going to preload it, and hell, I might have to call in sick on Tuesday. You never know, so we'll see. <laughs> well, your boss isn't listening to our, our, our podcast. so I doubt it, boss. So... Love you, boss, but <laughs> I might have put some Sonic. <laughs> so, and our last game that's coming out that that we're going to talk about uh, on the fifteenth, which is uh, which is this coming Tuesday, is a game that I'm actually excited for, and I am looking to play. Um, I probably will buying it day one because I really enjoy uh, Volition's games, and by that you probably know uh, it's uh, Agents of Mayhem. I remember when Joe told me about this game, I was like what the hell? And then I watched a whole bunch of trailers for it and I just fell in love with it. I love the aesthetic. I love everything about it. I love the Saints Row universe. I've played all the games. I think that they are just hilarious as hell. And um, this is, it looks fun. You know, I, I love comic books. This was like a comic book video game, you know, a comic come to life in a video game form. So it's coming out for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, August 15th. A little backstory about Agents of Mayhem. It's a 12... You get to t- you get to pick twelve characters, um, and you for each mission, you go out and you choose three characters, and they each are different. Um, and by that I mean they have like different classes. So you have your tank classes, or so your heavy. You have your s- assassins or stealthy characters, and then you have your kind of all around characters. So um, it's third person, and you pick those three people, and then you can change to each one of them on the fly. And each each one of the twelve characters has a different ability or and skill tree that you can that you can unlock and do stuff with so the replay the replayability is there all the all of the levels are procedurally generated for the um for the mission structure so uh, and not every character is available at the beginning you have to do missions in order to unlock unlock the character so it looks like this game is going to have a lot of depth in it um there is a 13th playable character and that is johnny gat um, which who is a you know if you if you've played any of the any of the other Saints Row games you know he's one of the protagonists um, who's this you know guy who's kind of kick ass and 
And if you haven't played the the proper uh, uh, Saints Row games, in the last game they had, um, they the basically aliens came and blew up the Earth. So, <laughs> and so um, they were flying around. Your character and, and some of the people who survived were flying around an alien spacecraft, and then they were playing a game during Halloween, and they had a Ouija board, and they un, un they they inadvertently you know summoned a portal to hell and your player character gets sucked into it and then johnny gad has to go to hell to save your character and at the end um you get at the end of the game you meet god and then you they tell you hey you have three different uh endings you can have one ending is is uh you know they continue on nothing happens and there's another ending where something something else happens i don't know and then the last ending, which this ending uh, starts off this game, is Johnny Gat remade Earth. And so when he remade Earth, he became a uh, uh, a, a detective, yeah, basically a police officer. So this is the ending. This follows chronologically the ending that 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 Johnny Gat did in that ending of the game. It's Gat out of hell. So so technically, it is a it is a Saints Row. Spinoff is the best way I can say because it's not a proper uh, sequel; it is a spinoff. But I expect it to be silly as hell. I expect you know characters from the Saints Row universe to show up. I know one character is actually in it, and then Johnny Gat. If you pre-order, you get him as a playable character, as a cop. So that's only from I think it's only from GameStop you can get that. So correct, yeah, yeah which is terrible. But anyway. You probably they'll probably I, I, they'll probably do it as a download later, but but it's I'm, a time exclusive. Yeah. I'm assuming so. Yeah, I'm gonna buy this game. I think it's awesome. You know, I think it looks fun. It looks super silly. I love comic books. You know, and everything is an acronym. Mayhem stands for something. The evil people they're fighting stands for something. There, I can't remember. It's called Legion, and they have a that's an acronym. So I'm I'm just looking forward to it. Is anyone else looking for this game? Is anyone else is anyone else hyped for this game? I kind of am because it just looks silly. So what do you guys say? Um, well, your your hype's bringing me over the edge a little bit. So <laughs> it looks fun, and the but the cool thing about it, the coolest thing about it, is there is no multiplayer. It is all a single player experience. And people were like, what? No multiplayer? And I'm like, nope. And for some reason, I am really excited about that. I don't have to worry about connections or anything. I can literally just put that in and just play it and be done with it. Like, you don't get games like that hardly ever anymore, where it's just you and the game playing the story. And I'm excited as hell for that. What do you guys have to say? Um, I really enjoyed the what was it Saints Row Four was the that was the last one they did when he had superpowers and he was in the simulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really yeah, I liked that game. It was fantastic. I finished it. Uh, but for some reason, uh, when I look at Agents of Mayhem, something is something's not hitting. I, I don't know what it is. I, I can't put my finger on it. I, I don't know if it's the fact that you switch out on the fly with these different characters or what, but something, something is just not, not vibing. And I, I do not have a legitimate reason for why I'm not excited for this game because, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, the last, well, the last couple saints rows. Um, 
I don't know why I'm not feeling this one. I, 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 think, I, I, th- I think it's because it's the it's the mechanic that they're doing. Because because at first I was a little weirded out about switching on the fly to different people, um, and I don't know how that's going to going to operate because it's like you're teleporting in and you're, and you're literally like there's like a flash and then you become a new person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I was kind of in my mind was doing this sort of mental gymnastics and it was like this. Okay, I think about it. I think about it like um, like a tales game in which you have your main character and then you have these followers and then you program the followers to do certain things it just seems like in this scenario you have those followers it's just you're playing the followers as well you know Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of thinking in my mind i'm kind of thinking of it like maybe that's how it's playing and you know because you start off with three characters and then you slowly unlock these other ones and do different story missions in order to unlock these other characters which which then entail you know makes you want to play with those characters because what i understand there's like hundreds of hours of of stuff that you have to do if you, that is if you want to unlock every level every perk on every character out of all of the 13 characters if you pre-order the Johnny Gat so there's like tons of stuff, and that's why, one of the reasons why they made the levels procedurally generated because you're gonna have to do levels over again, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm like, okay, you know, this, this I, I, I'm kind of like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I'm really intrigued by this, by this, uh, by this structure, this game structure. You know, um, it would be better if you could actually make your own characters, but hey, you know, this is the first game they're doing. So, mm-hmm. any other thoughts? I'm not I haven't really watched a ton on it but I don't think I'll be getting that one most likely just so many other games to play and stuff so Joe for me right right now it might be one of the games where it just depends I'm so close because of the damn deal at Best Buy which I'll talk about in a second but uh, um, I was definitely if it wasn't going to be a day one it was something i was gonna god forbid wait for a used title to come through at gamestop so i could buy it at a cheaper price and be able to pick it up that way or wait for a sale on it on it uh uh, what i'm tempted by though because best buy right now they're running it with a ten dollar free gift card with purchase so but you have to pre-order so like say if you're getting ready to buy it desmond mm-hmm. get down there before tuesday or go online and pre-order it that way and do in-store pickup that way you get your ten dollar gift card then for it so i don't know though johnny gat you know getting a johnny gat i don't know just gonna if i'm gonna pre-order it if i'm gonna pre-order it, it'll most likely be to get the ten dollar you know um the ten dollar yeah. gift card at best buy i mean that is seems the much more the most economical because you're gonna get 20 percent off anyway for gamer unlocked so it is, yeah, it'd be like sense. 51 bucks after tax, and then you get a $10 gift card on top. And pretty much you can use later to, you know, buy other games with or do whatever you want, you yeah. know, go crazy. So. Yeah, and that, is a, and that is a great segue into, um, into Fungool's uh, Frugal Corner, is what we're calling it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fungool's you know, Frugal I, Corner. I know we've, Kevin, when we first started talking about doing the show, he wanted me to do a deal section. <laughs> um, we just kind of deviated from it. We haven't really talked about but, you know, I kind of referenced some things uh, throughout the podcast, and I just want to maybe have more clarity to uh, some of the deals that might be out there for you, especially if you're, like, uh, kind of conserving your gaming dollars out there, looking to not uh, spend so much out of pocket for things, of course. So, 
Uh, my recommended things to look for right now. Um, right now, if you look, Walmart.com is a great place to grab used titles. And basically, you're able to do in-store pickup on all of them. But they have titles such like uh, recent stuff like, uh, I know I got you Sniper Elite 4, for instance, for uh, $19.20. Uh, Lego City Undercover for both Xbox, 4, uh, Xbox One and yeah. PlayStation 4 for... Uh, 2488 uh they got any a number of different games on the website i ordered a uh, halo wars 2 for uh 1920 i ordered battlefield 1 for 19 dollars and 20 cents so uh definitely um, take a look at the selections that they have i mean especially for stuff that is maybe come out end of the year last year or beginning of the year this year um, they've had some good deals on there and, and the games come complete. It's not like, you know, where you kind of run in the gambit with the GameStop where the games might not come with cover art, might have a disc that looks like someone's trying to do like a Pollock painting on the back of it or something with a knife or something. So <laughs> nothing too crazy on there. They come basically resealed. Whoever does their, uh, refurbishing, uh, for their used games is top notch. It's it's like better than GameStop by one thousand percent. I could tell you that right now. So on it, uh, and they do have some bundles too. They had this one bundle for PS4 that included Black Ops, Call of Duty Black Ops Three, uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, uh, No Man's Sky, and then the fourth game I believe was The Division, and that bundle was twenty five bucks for god's sake 25 bucks for all four of those games on there it's, it's to me it's ridiculous it's like <laughs> there's enough gaming value out of those four games to get 25 dollars worth of gameplay uh, ad nauseum so i mean uh, if you're if you're down on your cash or you're looking for stuff to play uh you get my first uh, recommendation uh costco's also if you have a costco membership has been blowing some games out. They have a $20 Call of Duty Infinite, Infinite Warfare Legacy Edition with the Modern Warfare remaster on there. So 20 bucks. Uh, also, they have uh, Tomb Raider, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider for PlayStation 4, um, For Honor for 20 bucks, uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands Deluxe for 30 bucks, and Lego City Undercover for 25. They also had Elder Scrolls Online for 25 bucks. So Definitely, if you're looking for a little bit of clearance, uh, Costco might be the way to look for, you know. If you happen to get your, like, you know, Totino's Pizza Rolls in bulk and your, you know, Coke Zero pallets, you know, game on, man. <laughs> there you go. So, as far as uh, Best Buy, Best Buy has been running some good deals as far as gift cards. We did mention the uh, Agents of Mayhem $10 gift card. Uh, they're also running a $10 gift card with uh, Warriors All-Stars, too, which is that Musou mashup from Tecmacoe that's coming out at the end of this month. Uh, I was, you know, it, I got to give it up the Best Buy because, one, I mean, when do you usually get a deal on the Tecmacoe game, <laughs> especially a Warriors <laughs> game, you yeah. know? It's, and it has all the uh, same DLC that GameStop is offering, but they're offering that wonderful promotion to get a $10 gift card. And uh, especially if you order online, like what I did with mine is that they will ship you the gift card right away once you pre-order it. So that might be a good thing. It might be a bad thing because you're kind of like, you know, you're committed now, <laughs> you know. So I have a gift card for Warriors All-Stars on my way being mailed out to me as we speak on it because I did put the pre-order on it. So 
Um, they also have another promotion too that you get ten dollars in rewards. Uh, and when you pre-order a game and pick up a game through there, and that's going through the uh, Be- My Best Buy Rewards program. And so there's a, quite a number of games on the list, including Destiny 2, Middle Earth Shadow War, Super Mario Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Origins. So all those games, Call of Duty World War II, you get a um, $10 My Best Buy reward uh, certificate about, let's say, 15 to 20 days after purchase on there. So that's another reward to game uh with that you know so so just good deals out there so if there's any good deals you're looking for also last but not least i don't know if this is a good deal because it might bring about the diabetes but 7-eleven is doing their bring your own cup slurpee special on august 18th and 19th you could bring a damn bucket and all the slurpee you would ever want to drink a buck 50 for that so so you they're probably making money off you either way <laughs> no matter how large the the contraption is i bet you anything that that, that slurpy concoction probably costs pennies on the dollar you know weekly checks every single week so yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. diabetes in a cup but hey guess what if you're going to be playing you want to go get your uh, big bite hot dog your ch- uh, processed chili and, and go get yourself a slurpy <laughs> heart attacks and beaties for everybody you know it. <laughs> we don't have a 7-Eleven in our area. But yeah. Oh, it might be a good thing. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Too bad. All right. And then also for Thursdays, our game night went fantabulous, even though we're all playing separate things, of course. So, But, um, you know, you could join us on Thursdays. It's uh, 930 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we will be online and ready to roll with you. Uh, my PSN username is Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. Kevin has shown up 7, S-H-O-N-U-F-F-7. Uh, Desmond is Nemo Tigger, N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. Uh, Jason's is Surgeon Fire, which is S-U-R-G, uh, the number one. N-G-F, the number one again, R-E. So it's a good spelling of that. You know, it's a little unique there. Uh, As far as games we're going to be playing, we're kind of open right now. Um, Like I said, kind of everyone has different games. I played uh, Diablo 3 with uh, Alberco for about two hours. Um, uh, Desmond, I know you were playing Sniper Elite 4 while we're all chatting in and having a good old time at least so um we also have titanfall 2 we talked about titanfall 2 is definitely a game that a lot of us own that we can play multiplayer as well but uh we'll send a message out on twitter just let us know on there what games you want to play as always we are your gaming vessels that's why we started this podcast (laughs) oh i think i might have done that wrong i think it's a three instead of an e if i remember correctly oh okay station well why don't you spell it out for the people pretty sure it's S-U-R-G-1-N-G-F-1-R-3, but... All right. Yeah, I think that's it. In fact, the yeah. crack internet research here will see. Let's look at my PlayStation app right now. <laughs> yeah, most likely. I think I think you're right. That That's what it is, so... Yeah. Yeah, and you can, and you can also catch us on uh, various... Oh, I'll, I'll let Kevin do this. Kevin is the one that always does this. He does it, he does, he does it better than all of us. So. Okay. You're, you're the host with the most, I'm Kevin. the hostess with the most. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, folks, uh, 
And well, before I do that, uh, Jason, thanks for being a part of our show this week. Uh, yeah. We really enjoyed talking with you and getting your your perspective on gaming and gaming plus uh, family life. I, I thought that was really cool. So thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, and if you want, and if you want to do what what Jason did, you can email us at gamingvessels at gmail and let us know that you want to be on the show, and we will make arrangements to have you as a special co-host uh, for an, for an episode where you can discuss whatever it is you want to talk about, uh, gaming related or you know whatever's on your mind. But we are a community based podcast, and we want to be in contact with our listeners or have that door of discourse open. Uh, we can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Shonuff71. Des is at Nemo Cub, Joe is at Joe Fongool, and uh, that's where you can reach us on the social medias. We also do have a Discord. I have been very lax in getting content up on it, but uh, if you DM at Gaming Vessels on Twitter, we will get you the link to our Discord channel. And I promise I will be more vigilant in getting content in our many different uh, uh, channels there. We've got a question of the week. We've got a general discussion. We've got a news discussion channel there. Uh, so send us a direct message at Gaming Vessels on Twitter, and we will get you that link so you can be a part of what I hope to be <laughs> a bustling discussion there over there on, uh, on Discord. So with that, folks, we are going to bring episode 13 from season one to a close. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm Shonuff71. That's Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming. That is me. That is Dez, the Bay Area Terror. Howdy-ho. And special guest, Surgeon Fire, Jason. Thank you again for being on the show. Definitely. And we will be back next week with episode 14. Peace.